Hello, friends, and welcome to How to Be 40, my podcast that attempts to delineate what it means to transition from juvenile thinking and behavior to genuine maturity. This is the first episode that I have taken almost no notes on. This is going to be the last episode of season two. My original goal was to do one episode a month, um, release it on the first of each month, and I got behind in September for a variety of reasons. And I'm going super informal here, so I'm just going to, I took some notes while cruising down the highway on my, on my phone. I know that's not safe, but it is what it is. I'm safe at home now. And no one else got hurt. I'm just going to give some advice. I'm 42 years old. I've been through a lot of interesting things. So I'm just going to share a little bit of advice. In fact, one, two, technically only three. The first one, there's a guy named David Barnett. He, uh, He's a local here in Midland, Midland, Odessa area. And a long time ago, he posted something, and not to take anything away from David. Yeah, I'm taking it away from you, David. I don't think he, this came from him, but if it did, good on you. He posted something, and it said something to the effect, if someone is talking negatively about you behind your back, it's none of your business. And that's not exactly how it was worded, but I thought that was so genius, and I'm stealing that. As my piece of advice, when you find out that someone has been speaking negatively about you, slandering you, behind your back quote, treat it as if it's none of your business. And I think for me what that means is to ignore it, not establish anger or resentment or dissension, but just let it go. Because from my perspective, and this is the truth of it, when someone is slandering you with the intention to harm your reputation, it is a detriment to them, not you. Now, on the other side of that coin, you've got to understand you have slandered people just as I have, right? When I hear that someone is slandering me, I ignore it, but I also recognize that maybe that's a check for me to reestablish that habit of not doing the same. Does that make sense? Such a good piece of advice. If you're being talked about, guess what? It's none of your business. Leave it alone. Don't go check them. Don't go bad-mouthing them. Don't go be passive-aggressive and post something on your social media. Well, I love how some people like to talk about me. Don't do that mess. Don't don't do that. It's, it's none of your business. And of course... You know what? Listen, here's a, here's a footnote to that piece of advice. And this came from someone else. I'm stealing all kinds of advice here. Make a habit of speaking well of others behind their back. Be consistent. When you are speaking of someone, when they're not present, it is good of them. That's the, that's the second part of that. So that's globally, that's one piece of advice. And again, I admit that I stole that. that but that's something... That helps keep your soul more pure than if you didn't. It keeps you more at peace. And man, it just really elevates you in so many ways. Second thing, second piece of advice here. And I'm going to build this up. Let me kind of give you an example here. When I was at school at Texas A&M, we studied motor. What I studied was motor learning. Some people referred referred to it as motor neuroscience, but basically what we would do is we would study how people learned based on observation. 
So we'd get a dude in the room, let's say his name is Bob, and, and we say, hey, Bob, do this task. And we're having James over there watch Bob try to do a task. And then we would test James later on to see how he learned that task based on watching someone else do it. There was a key flaw, an ever-present flaw. It will forever be present in the study of motor learning. And that is that we could never quantify specifically and understand the degree to which the person was trying to do the task we asked them to do. We called that intention. We could not measure how intent the person was on doing what we asked them to do. We could try to motivate them. We'd say, all right, you're going to get a bonus in this class. This is part of the class. Here's free lunch money. Here's a ticket to a football game, whatever. We could try to incentivize them. But no matter what, when you're studying human behavior, you cannot quantify intent. I bring that up because we need to recognize that no matter what we see, no matter what we observe in a person's behavior, we can never really know their intent. And some people would use that and try to push that into a negative context. I want to push that into a positive context. For example, I like to talk trash. If you are my friend and I have not talked trash to you in some degree, you're <laughs> we're not that close of friends. I really enjoy talking trash. It's, it's, my it's one of my love languages, if you will. If someone didn't know me and my friend and they heard us speaking and they heard me making fun of my friend, they might assume I was a bad person, but my intent is completely pure. I love this person making a joke, right? One of the things that draws me to a person to think that they're like really cool and someone I would click with is when they talk trash to me. Tosh is a perfect example. The first thing he said to me is like, holy crap, you're really old. I thought this is great. This is, we're going to get along great because you're old too. So yeah, give people a break. Give people the benefit of the doubt because you don't know what's in their heart. Third, this is a biggie, and this goes along with peace of mind in your heart, and that peace can resonate through your life and all aspects of your life. Understand that we, being users, consumers of social media, and on the receiving end of the media agenda, do not understand the sincere and full story of anything being fed to us. Therefore, the advice is do not publicize a strong opinion that chastises another group unless you know the entire situation. And on that note, recognize that we do not know the entire situation of any situation. I stopped using Facebook about a year and a half ago. I deleted all however many friends, every single one of them, save for my wife. And I only use it for like recreational purposes, like uh, motorcycle stuff or uh, how, to, how to fix a forklift. And when I did that, it really cleaned up a lot of my life. I have a timer on my phone so that after 30 minutes of usage on a combined of Instagram, Facebook even, and LinkedIn, it automatically shuts it off. So I cannot be on any of those platforms for more than 30 minutes a day, period. That has severely helped me out. One, I'm not having to read what I would consider ignorant comments. And two, I'm not posting ignorant comments, which I'm really tempted to do sometimes. And even then, I admit, I can still work on that as well. That's my, my third piece of advice. But I'm going to add one more. 
and this is more broad, but this is this is very, very important. This is for all of us, and this is a perpetual issue for every single person on this earth. We need to consistently, day to day, maybe even hour by hour, moment by moment, reevaluate our priorities and focus on what we hold as our top priority or priorities. Let me paint a picture for you. You get to attend your own funeral. You get to go to your own funeral, and you are in the room when they read your eulogy. What do you want them to say about you? Do you want them to say, oh, man, they, they had a ton of money. They, God, they were really good at making money. Or do you want them to say, man, they, they were really honest. They didn't achieve anything in life, but, man, you could, they, were, they would never tell you a lie. They'd always shoot you straight. They were a really good father. They were a really good mother. They were a really good athlete. They were a really good entrepreneur. It doesn't matter. But what you want to hear at your own eulogy, to some degree, in my opinion, is going to help dictate day-to-day the decisions you make. And this is a hard one for me because, as my mom would call it, the enemy, uh, as my mother-in-law might call it, Satan, the darkness, if you're into uh, Lord of the Rings, you might want to say the, the shadow. I don't care what you call it. It's, it. What it is, it's the deceiver. We'll talk about that. Get me on the side and I'll, we'll talk about that. It's the deceiver who is consistently trying to weasel its way into your mind to change what you know should be your priorities. Again, this could be a moment-by-moment battle you're having to fight. I know that I'm tempted to always get upset, frustrated, bitter, jealous of people like, uh, I'm not going to say names, I really wanted to, of people who own successful businesses, who can travel the world based on their resources, who have a ton of friends, who are super fit, who seem to get to party all the time and don't have any responsibilities, of all these different people. And every single person is going to differ on their priorities. Yours are going to differ than mine. And I'm constantly fighting that battle of being almost angry that I haven't accomplished some of the things that I, at times, consider, at times, top priority. But then something happens that brings it all into focus. My son, just two days ago, I'm working in the barn, and I'm working in the barn because I've committed to making these metal parts and I want to make money because I want to get the resources to not have to take orders from people who have more than I do and blah, 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 blah. It just just trickles down. But my son asks me to come play basketball with him. He's nine years old. And I'm like, man, in my head, I'm thinking, well, I, I really need to do this, but he's my son. Okay, whatever. So I'll stop welding and I'll walk out there. And the moment that I'm holding that basketball, And then I pass it to him, and he looks at me with this. He's got this little nine-year-old game face, right? He's all serious. He wants to really beat his dad. But that exact moment, I don't give a shit about any person and what they've accomplished. I don't care about these mega CEOs. I don't care about these people who get to travel the world and do whatever they want. I don't give a crap about these arrogant multimillionaires. I don't care. In fact, I... Even if I thought about them at the moment, which I did, I would pity them. Because so many people 
have sacrificed so much. Many of them have sacrificed their marriage. They have sacrificed their children and their friends. They have sacrificed their ethics. They have lied and stolen. And I'm not putting all those wealthy guys in, in a box of, of failure because that would be very stupid of me. Of course, there are really good guys who have succeeded. But my point is, at my eulogy, I want that person who's speaking to be my son or my daughter, and I want them to say my dad was a present and loving father. He didn't chase other women. He didn't chase money. He didn't chase entrepreneurship. He didn't chase glory, fitness, above us. He put us first, our family first, and that is my reality, and that is when I realign my focus to what is important to me. And I apologize that I said a dirty word. If you know me, you know that you'll never hear me say that in public, but it's only on a podcast, so that means only four people will hear it. That's my other piece of advice. When you feel like you are being deceived and you're not going to know you're being deceived, let me reword that. When you feel discontentment for not having the superficial, that is a clear sign that you are being deceived. And that is a great moment to realign your priorities. You can take a couple of tactics. You can think about your eulogy. You can pray and listen. You can read the Bible. I would encourage you to do all three. But anyways, that's it. That's the final episode for season two. I apologize for my informality, just kind of off the cuff. But hey, we'll see you uh, next year.